Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-minute power segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about, with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. This is episode 744 and today I'm bringing you my interview with Michelle Owens. It is a 30-minute segment and today's topic that we're discussing is relationships. So Michelle is a clinical psychologist in private practice in New York and she has over 30 years experience. She trains and mentors mental health professionals and presents workshops on subjects that include relationship enhancement, effective interpersonal communication and living and working in a diverse world. Today it's all about relationships guys. I think the key takeaway from me is that we need to invest more time in the relationships we have. I would love to get your thoughts. Jump onto thehiddenwire.com and let me know. Enjoy the show. Cheers. Michelle, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm kick-ass for this time of the day. It's nine in the, nine in the evening. It's usually when I start to shut down. I'm a morning person, oh, okay. but uh, it's morning for you over there. You are a morning person as well? Not really. Oh. I really don't hit my stride until a little later in the morning, but it's 6 a.m. It's all good. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. You've got a new book, uh, which I believe is out now. Is that correct? It's not out yet. Not it's, out yet. It's certainly available for pre-order, but it will be out May 7th. It's Silent Agreements, How to Free Your Relationships of Unspoken Expectations. Okay, so not, not, too, not too far away. Um, and what, what, I, what we want to talk about is really the relationships and how the silent agreements can really enhance our relationships or free our relationships and the unspoken expectations. But I just always like to delve into the topic and how it relates to you and what sort of made you write this book. So what was the reason for you um, jumping on board this project? Well, the truth of the matter is uh, I wrote the book with two other colleagues. We have known each other for many years. We met at a conference uh, specifically for, for women exploring you know, themselves and what was going on with them internally. And we developed a friendship out of that. And in the process, we're all psychologists. We began to talk about this phenomenon that we would see coming up with our clients and our patients, whereby they would seem to be talking about situations where they would have these unspoken expectations and beliefs and assumptions that they would bring into their relationships mm. and then hold the other person accountable to them. And over the years, we just continued to see this phenomenon. We thought that we could really help people to not only recognize it, 
but learn how to address this kind of issue in their relationships to improve communication and the relationships overall. And all of us have private practices, but we were really eager to reach a larger audience. So we decided to write about it. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, through your work, you've, you've seen a, um, a, a potential issue, um, I guess, with it's probably quite common among relationships. Is this one of the key hurdles that you see when you're, you're dealing with um, couples and, and the things they're going through, the trials they're going through, and um, one of the common errors that is actually causing a lot of their um, disruptions? Yeah, it's pretty common, and it it happens a lot of times without the couple being conscious of it, without them really being aware that that's what's at play. Yeah. So they might come in and present with you know some kind of disagreement or difficulty, and through our work with them, we're able to help them deconstruct and kind of see what they've brought into the relationship with them in terms of their old assumptions and beliefs, which pretty much come from upbringing and childhood and somewhat from society, and how they have brought those into the relationship silently expected the other person to adhere to them. And then when they hit a bump, kind of don't really understand or don't really see why the other person isn't meeting those expectations Um, because they've been silent about them and they've been Hmm. kind of hidden in a way. Yeah, okay. So what what are a couple of examples? And I I suppose, sorry, just, just backtracking a little bit, I suppose this is not only relevant to couples, but I guess uh, things, uh, our expectations of all the relationships we have in life, is that, would that be fair? Absolutely. We see them everywhere. We see them at work. We see them in families. We see them with friends. Uh, we see them everywhere. So that was the other uh, impetus for us to write about it because mm. we knew it wasn't just between romantic couples that we see it between people all the time. And we wanted to be helpful in that way. But I'll give you an example. Um, mm. This is an example from... Uh, in a couple. Uh, Suppose you've kind of silently agreed that you cook and your partner washes the dishes. Then one night you come home and your partner is cooking and you don't wash the dishes. And there's a little disconnect there. They run into a little, little disagreement. Your partner is upset, like, I cooked. Why didn't you wash the dishes? There can be a difference in expectation. It's a simple way of talking about it, but there can be a difference in expectation. On the one hand, one partner is thinking, we have interchangeable roles. So if I cook today, then you would wash today. Um but meanwhile, your partner is thinking, no, these are really fixed rules for our relationship. This is the way it's supposed to go. You're supposed to wash the dishes. I'm supposed to cook. Mm. You switched it up, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to switch those roles. So sometimes, even though it looks like you have the same belief and, and assumption and expectation going on, sometimes it doesn't quite match. Yeah. And because it's never been spoken about, you don't really realize that it doesn't quite match. And that's that's a pretty simplistic example, but of course, they get more complicated the more heavy duty the issue is i reckon that must be a pretty common issue that you come across huh with the dishes yeah <laughs> oh yeah you come across that around chores you come across it around money money is a big one there are a lot of opportunities for silent agreements in in money because what's a couple of good examples with money good examples of money hmm. 
for instance, this is in a friendship in the friendship realm. Hmm. Um, we've seen this where a group of friends kind of silently agree that it's important for them to present themselves in the most expensive way they can think of, because that's what's going to help them project themselves as the friendship group that's popular and moving and shaking and that kind of thing. So they, in some cases, you know, max out their credit cards, you know, can't pay back their student loans, whatever it is that they're struggling with is kept hidden because there's a silent agreement that the only way that I can really uh, be on par with this group of friends is if I present on the outside as if I have the circumstances to afford this lifestyle. And we've seen people get caught up in that, uh, usually because they have a silent agreement with themselves that says something about my image is my value. So we help them to think about and to discover what's going on internally, what silent agreement they have with themselves that then they build on out in the world with their friends or their family or their mm. couples. That would be one example of, of money. Of course, they come up, you know, comes up a lot with couples, which is why money is one of the main issues in couples that end up separating and divorcing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So these these are like written, sort of rules um, that the individual has grown to adopt um, through their life experiences. So I guess a lot of situations we're watching our parents, the way we're brought up, um, our peer influences, and then we create these rules which create a level of expectation about what should happen. And if that doesn't happen, um, as according to your rule, there's some sort of turmoil or distress or unease there? Is that sort of how it flows? Yeah, I think I think you kind of hit it right on the head. They are the kind of the unspoken rules, if you will, of the relationships that are attached to, you know, beliefs and assumptions and expectations you've pretty much grown up with that you then bring into your relationship, hold the other person accountable to them, assume that they share the same beliefs and expectations, and, and you behave as if they do. Hmm. And then when you see some kind of disconnect or you see for whatever reasons, person is not meeting those expectations, yeah. you kind of hit, hit a bump in the road. And a lot of this is unconscious, I have to say. Sometimes it's pretty conscious. You're able to say, yeah, he's supposed to wash the dishes. But there are other times where you're not really able to kind of pinpoint why that is. And I'll, I'll give you an example, mm. another example from a relationship. Um, you know, you, you kind of grow up in a household where your dad takes out the garbage at night. So you marry a guy who's like, what's the big deal? We don't, it's only two of us. It's not a lot of trash. You could take the garbage out as well as I can. Yeah. And it becomes a point of contention <laughs> yeah. until you realize that your dad taking out the garbage for you wasn't just um, an expectation of a chore. In your mind, you related it to that's the last thing he did before he locked down the house. And you experienced a sense of safety and everything was calm and well with the world. And that you kind of grew up with that uh, uh, connection in your head. Yeah. That him taking out the garbage meant that everything was safe and sound. So now you're married and your husband is like, what's the big deal? You take out the garbage. And you first have to realize what your own belief system is before you can really attack the expectation and figure out between the two of you what's going to work for you now. So it goes a lot deeper than just the plain fact that, you know, it's just taking out the rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Very often that's the case, and that's what we try to help people get at. Like what's behind the expectation, you know, where that expectation come from, and why are you being silent about it? 
you know, do you even know what the expectation is? I mean, that's the other thing. Sometimes people don't really know. They yeah, just, well, I guess if it's unconscious, like, and, and I'm sure I, I have a lot of these and I just don't know about it because I'm, I'm pretty sure my partner will sometimes pick up on it and I get the feeling that I'm doing something or, or behaving in a way that's perhaps, um, you know, that I'm not really aware that it has any cause or effect. Um, right. How do we become aware of them, like if it is unconsciously done and just expected and a rule? Yeah, well, one of the things that we try to do in the book is to give people tools as to how to begin to deconstruct some of that. Some okay. of it really involves having, you know, a little bit of bravery about going back, you know, into your childhood and into your experiences and kind of asking you a question, asking yourself the question, what do I believe about this? You know, what is my expectation? Where did I get that notion that this was the way that things should be. Um, what are the tip-offs to me that maybe this isn't working? Have you felt betrayed lately? Did you feel like somebody did something unexpected in a relationship where you, you thought you knew how it was going to unfold? Um, have you had a sense that the other person just doesn't kind of get it? You know, that there's something you've been wanting or something that you've been hoping for and the other person doesn't seem to just get it. Um, that can be a sign that maybe you have some kind of silent agreement that you really aren't in touch with. So we kind of go through different ways that a person can kind of identify what it is that may be going on, where there might be a silent agreement. And then we break down how they can begin to become actually verbal about it begin to say out loud, you know, I was assuming that when we um, decided to do this washing dishes and cooking and switching off, that it was something that we were going to stick to. Because in my mind, my cooking is my way of demonstrating love. I'm being very kind of concrete about it right now. I'm sure conversations don't flow quite like that. Mm. But to begin to help people to, to say out loud what it is that they either didn't think about saying out loud before or didn't realize was, you know, inside them to say out loud. So we help them to develop conversations whereby they can begin to explore their assumptions, their beliefs and their expectations and also begin to come together around, do we want to keep this agreement? Is this working for us? Or maybe we need to reframe it and come up with something different. Hmm. And we help people to do that as well. But where do we identify it, like from the very beginning that there is something wrong with a relationship and then how do we go okay well there's something going on with this relationship whether it's your couple your boss or you know whoever your friend how do you first identify there is a problem here and then relate that to perhaps there's an agreement here a silent agreement that um, I'm unaware of like you know where does that start because it's okay I get it when you sort of identify okay well I'm having problems because I feel that you know person Z should be doing X, Y, and Z, and they're not, and that's causing me a bit of angst. Okay, well, why is that? You can explore that deeper, but before you even get there, how do you identify that there is a problem? Yeah, well, one of the things, too, is to begin to look at the problems that you are having. Do they come in the form of you feeling like something that you have been expecting is not happening on a regular basis? Do you find that you're in a moment where you're waiting for somebody else to change to some other notion that you have okay. of them? So expectations. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and definitely if you're waiting for somebody else to change, if you're kind of looking at this person and thinking, oh, they need to be different, um, that that's a kind of tip off that there's something going on there that you have agreed to or that you're expecting the other person to have agreed to that maybe isn't happening. Um, also, if you're just experiencing kind of repeated conflicts of the same kind, you want to take a look and see what may be, may be behind that in terms of what kinds of assumptions and beliefs you're bringing to that moment. If you find yourself um, uh, displaying behavior that contradicts essential values of yours, you might want to begin to look at that too, because that may be an indication that you're being silent about something that really doesn't sit well with you. And that may be an opportunity for you to say, gee, really deep inside, what I would prefer to do is to be working at night and you take care of the kids. Um, but at the same time, you're not able to kind of live that value out or live that belief or need out. And when you find that you're in a point of conflict or a point of tension with yourself, then the question may be uh, whether or not you're actually being silent about something and have agreed to something that really isn't working for you. Um, if you also find that you're kind of itching and you feel like there's some feeling underneath that you're not quite sure, you can't put your finger on it, but you really have a need to kind of express it, then I think you really want to begin to ask yourself, what's bubbling up behind there? Why am I feeling this way? And the thing that I would recommend above uh, everything else is to begin to practice giving voice to it, not just to go internally and ask yourself the questions internally while mm. that's really important, but also particularly if you're dealing with another person on a romantic relationship at work with a family member to begin to raise those questions out loud to say, you know, I've been run wondering why I've been uncomfortable with this arrangement. Because it begins to open up the conversation with you and whoever the other party may be. And this is something you can also do at work. Of course, you've got to keep in mind you want to keep your job. But you can find ways to do this at work, to have meaningful conversations mm. with other people that open up these points of conflict around uneven and misaligned expectations and assumptions about what's going on between the two of you. Okay, so identifying it through some level of expectation that you feel is not being met, perhaps how you're feeling um, or perhaps waiting for, for someone else to change in some way might be keys to saying, okay, there is something wrong here. There might be an asylum agreement here. Next step, if we look at, um, you know, I guess we could look at going within and asking ourselves questions or alternatively we could look at bringing that conversation out and externalizing it to getting some yeah some input from the other parties that might be involved as well going in inwardly i mean these either way i think both are very courageous so people find it very hard to to do that and ask those questions because you know we don't want to pull out saying that oh maybe i do have this expectation or oh, maybe it is me you know our ego wants us to 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 not have that i suppose how do we how do we what tools do you provide others without going to a psychologist to perhaps be able to better do that and take more courage to answer those questions? Yeah, one of the things that we really do emphasize is that you want to start this, uh, this whole exercise, if you will, with the sense that I'm going to approach this with empathy for the other person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust that we are both in agreement, that we want 
to have a better communication and a better relationship, and I'm going to do it with respect. So there are concrete things that you can do. You can announce to the person, I'd like to explore some things with you. You can set time aside so that it's really clear that this is important, that you want to do it in a way that's private, that's, you know, gives you space to do it together without necessarily being distracted. You want to be mindful of how much each of you can take in terms of the length of the exploration. You might even say, can we sit down and begin this conversation for 20 minutes Saturday afternoon after dinner? You want to put your devices away so that you're being attentive to the other person. Mm. And so you have to mutually agree to that. You almost have to have rules for how the conversation is going to unfold. And you can ask each other, like, what can I do in this conversation to make it more comfortable for you? Mm. And then whatever that person asks of you, presuming it's something reasonable, then you offer that to them. You know, they may just say, listen, I can't have these conversations after a long day at work. They have to be on the weekend. Or they may say to you, I can have the conversations, but if I hit a roadblock, I need to know that it's okay for us to stop and me to come back to it later. Whatever that person is asking of you, you want to give them the respect and the empathy to try to offer it to them and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sets you up to begin to feel like it's okay to be a little vulnerable and a little more open with the person. Uh, And the same thing goes at work. At work, you know, you're not going to do all of the more personal kind of conversation, but you do want to say, can I have some time with you? There's something that has been concerning me. I'm wondering if you've noticed it as well. Can we set some time aside? The one thing that I would recommend if it's a workplace issue is not to engage other people in your concern, because one of the things that can really derail an effort to get at a silent agreement at work is if it becomes part of office gossip, Yeah, because yeah. that tends to dilute it and it turns it into a whole different kind of circus. Yeah. Um, and the same yeah, is true with your personal relationships. If you're going on this journey, that's not the time to be having a conversation with all your buddies about what you're talking about with your mate or your partner or, you know, whoever it is that's in your personal realm that you're trying to work it out with. That's the time to really keep it a little bit between the two of you so that you can still trust each other, that you can begin to open up and and be honest with each other. Mm. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of complexities to having those sort of conversations. And I suppose, I mean, it starts just by trying to have those conversations and, um, really giving each other compassion and empathy and and the time to be listened to um, is probably yeah. very important. Um, sorry. One of the things that I have found, though, is that uh, that we found, because we've also done workshops with people around this kind of thing, is that people get really excited and curious about their internal silent agreements. So sometimes it's, it's easier to start there. Like, what's going on with me? Okay. I think people sometimes are more willing to do that exploration mm. than to jump out there with somebody else and, and do the exploration. That, Is that, that right? for all, Yeah, for people, sometimes that feels a little more vulnerable than, you know, let me, let me figure out why I believe this or why I expect that. Or I thought that would be harder to do because it is a bit more vulnerable. 
Yeah, I know. I, I, instinctively, you would say that it might be more difficult because whatever it is that's covered over internally tends to be a little deeper. But sometimes, not for everyone, but for some people, they're more curious and even sometimes excited about finding out or discovering huh. what's been going on inside of me. And mm. that kind of lays the groundwork for them to be curious and excited about finding out, you know, with their partner or their sibling or their parent, um, what may be going on between the two of them. You know, it doesn't yeah. always work that way, but sometimes it does. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I think it'd be pretty exciting to, to explore some of those silent agreements we have with ourselves or with others and our relationships mm-hmm. and, and then going even deeper into that and, oh, well, why do they exist? You know, that's, that's pretty interesting generally. Um, mm-hmm. Once we talk about them and, and we sort of, you know, suggest how we feel and identify perhaps a couple of the silent agreements both parties in a relationship might have, um, I mean, these things are really embedded in us, yeah? They've been conditioned to us in, usually for years. Um, whilst we can identify them and talk about them, how realistic is it to actually then work it um, and, and change it, work, work to change it basically? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we emphasize is that part of what we try to to help people with is for them to first recognize that they're there and see how they're impacting their lives. And then we don't try to direct you to a choice. The choice is really yours. Hmm. Some people choose to stick with what they have for whatever reason. But one of the things that we do try to help people to be aware of is what are the consequences of taking one path versus another? So for instance, if you are in a silent agreement that really isn't working for you and it's making you unhappy and your relationship is fraught, you, we, we actually have a chart that kind of helps you think about it. So if you keep that silent agreement or you keep that agreement, then what do you have to look forward to? Well, maybe what you have to look forward to is, you know, continued disappointment and pain and it doesn't get better and you feel more hopeless as time goes on. You can make that choice. And, mm. and often people do make those choices. They tend not to make them consciously, because very few of us will want to say consciously, I'm choosing to continue to be in pain. But we do try to help people line up their choices with what that's going to feel like to them. We talk, we, we show them that if you reframe it, then maybe you have the opportunity to uh, come up with compromise and to remain more hopeful about your relationship, to feel more energized in these relationships because you do feel more hopeful. Mm. If you get rid of it, maybe the consequences you're free of it. You have a lighter existence because it's been weighing you down yeah. and now you no longer have to bear it. So we, we try to help people to, to first recognize what's going on and then think about what are the different pathways and how will they affect them if they continue on that pathway. And then ultimately, you know, we all have free will and it really is up to the person. But part of this is making people aware of mm. what's going on so that they can make their own choices and move forward. And our hope is that people will make choices that are healthy for them and that help them to feel better and help them to communicate better. And, and that is our hope. Yeah. But again, we, we don't try to guide people to one conclusion. Yeah. No, I think that the idea of looking at possible futures and, and how that could look, you know, depending on which path you take, um, is very relevant because then you can really see and go, okay, well, that's certainly not the way I want to go. So this is probably a, a suitable um, call to action is to, you know, let's talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the yeah, other thing absolutely. that's coming to my mind is that, 
you know, to talk about a one-off on a one-off occasion, you know, both parties are there, et cetera, et cetera. And you explore it a little bit deeper and you figure it out and you go, okay, that's pretty cool. Look, let's work through this together and let's, you know, try and resolve it by doing this. And when you do that, I'll do this, but you need to revisit it. Yeah. Like it's about bringing your constant, uh, your constant awareness or attention to it. Um, so that you can keep, you know, enhancing it and keep practicing it and keep working on it because it's easy to sort of go with it for maybe a month and then you're suddenly falling back into the rule and, and the old ways and, and then things just go back to normal. So I think you need to really set some some follow-up conversations, um, maybe some check-in points where you can go, okay, how's it all going? How are you going? How are you feeling? Um, you know, to see how those rules are still being adhered to or not um, to make sure that you're actually still working on it to you know, to go on the the path that you want to take, basically, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You hit it on the head. And that's one of the things that we actually recommend is that you think of this as an ongoing process mm. and an ongoing way to think about your relationships and what's going on with, with your relationships. And definitely checking in with each other is really, really important. Not expecting everything to change all at once, because that's unrealistic. Uh, and that's what often people most, expect, isn't it? We all expect. Yeah, they we're often do. Yeah. Brought up Especially in these times. Of, yeah, immediate gratification and, and change and, yeah. Right. But it, it definitely is a process and it's definitely something that you revisit, you remeasure it. You're like, okay, how are we doing with that? Um, I seem to have slipped back a little bit. This is why, or this is why I think it's happening. Or maybe, you know what, I don't really want to kind of switch this that much. Maybe I it was okay. It was working for me. How can we figure this out differently? Mm. But definitely periodic check-ins, periodic conversations, um, coming back and evaluating how your choice is working for you. If you need to change the choice that you've made, that's always really, really helpful. But what we're hoping and what we have seen happen in our work is that once people kind of get the rhythm of this, that after a while it becomes internalized and they can do it almost automatically without thinking about it. But it does take practice and it's a process and people, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. People need to understand that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, it's an ongoing process. But any relationship that you have that you expect to have over a period of time, it's important to look at the long arc of it and not just think, well, today I solved that problem and that's the end of my problems. It's more about what's the long arc of this and how do we want to function in a way that keeps us from making these silent agreements or keeps us from piling on to silent agreements that aren't working. So you're absolutely right. That's something that we really do recommend. I do want to say something else that I didn't quite hit on before. And that's that I think one of the things that happens that is often missed is that you can have a silent agreement that lines up with somebody else's silent agreement so that you can sail along for a while feeling like you're both in sync Mm -hmm. and it appears that you're both in sync. But there might be a slight caveat to your agreement that doesn't quite match the caveat to that person's agreement. I'll give you an example. You have um, a a partner who is entrepreneurial and wants to try creating a business and does that over a period of, say, 10 years, off and on, starts one, stops one, starts one, stops one. You're the partner who is loyal and wants to back your partner up and make sure that your partner feels supported, and so you go along with that. But somewhere in there, you both have a silent agreement that you're in this together and that you have each other's back. But somewhere in there, 
the partner who's been kind of supporting the partner who's had the failed businesses begins to feel some resentment and begins to feel angry and maybe taken advantage of. And that's because there was a little caveat to their part of the agreement, which said, and in due order, your businesses are going to take off so that I'm not carrying the weight. The other person's caveat is, I can keep trying these businesses and keep going and going, and even if they fail, it's okay, because I have someone in my corner who's going to be there no matter what. Yeah, you're right. So that's where, even though you have a shared agreement, yeah. that you're in this together and you have each other's back, sometimes you have a little piece of it that's a little different, and that's when things can kind of fall apart. And that's what we find is really helpful. If you can identify the kernel of the agreement that you both find important and that you both value, you can usually find a way to reframe it that is mutually agreeable to everyone. Yeah, but some of those hidden caveats there could be, uh, you know, discovered very late in the piece and, and perhaps, you know, too late. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's done, why you know? we That's... encourage people to, to come out of the silence early, to get in the yeah. habit of yeah, saying well, exactly. more of those things. Yeah, because you don't want it to be a nuclear explosion because you've spent 10 years trying to adhere to the basic agreement, but you never talked about the other part of it. You know what I mean? So that, I think, is really important. I think what we're just also guilty of not really giving our relationships, whatever relationships in our lives, enough attention, are we? And they're so important for everything, for our happiness in life. And um, we just don't. We don't give them that that level of attention and, and time. Um, we just expect them to to be a certain way, and we just go with it, and then it doesn't work out, and we go, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just really don't give yeah, it. True, true. And I think you describe it really, really well. We just kind of sail along, thinking the relationship is going to take care of itself, or sometimes we have dissatisfaction, but it's it's maybe easier and then sometimes less scary to just continue on the way it is that you can reach a plateau. Where you're not really happy in the relationship, yeah, but we just accept but you're it. afraid to poke that. Well, we I'm just sorry. accept it as this is it, and this, exactly. is, this is how it is. But you know, I think about I'm just thinking about some of the relationships, whether it's work, friends, um, partners, and I'm just going, you know what? I've never really given us some. I often just accept things and don't really talk about it, and um, that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why people stay in jobs too long, jobs Mm. that they really don't like, that they need to move on from. That's why people continue to play roles in their family that they hate. Mm. You know, I'm I'm being treated like the little brother, even though I'm 39 years old. But you continue to play that role, even though you hate it. Um, People stay in these places for a very long time, either because they don't recognize the silent agreement they become so used to it or there's fear and and there's often a lot of fear around breaking that open because sometimes especially like in family situations sometimes you break through a silent agreement and the whole family gets a little shaken up because now (laughs) they've got to regroup around you know a whole different you so it's understandable and we have a lot of empathy and compassion for that Hmm. but i think you're right i think there's at the end of the day there's probably very little that deserves more attention and nurturance than our relationships Hmm. because that's what we're here for is to forge relationships with each other forge connections help each other through and if we don't pay attention to it and give it our best selves then we're really cheating ourselves and we're cheating each other 
Yeah, well, life's all about relationships. So I think this is mm-hmm. a good point to sort of just encourage people to pick up your book. Um, it's certainly something that we can all walk away from and just reflect on it. And, you know, there's important relationships in our lives and just reflect back and think, you know, what are those expectations that I have? What am I waiting to see change? What, How do I feel about these these relationships? Uh, what What is the unease there? Um, I think it's a really good uh, conversation that will allow us to go away and reflect on that. And hopefully the book will encourage us and, and give us more tools and insights um, to do that process as well. Um, any final thoughts there, Michelle, from you? Just that it's really important, I think, for people to come out of the silence for themselves. There's, I always tell my patients that there's value for each individual in being able to speak what you need to speak. You may not always get the outcome you want. You may not always position the other person to do what you want, but there's value for each of us to come out of the silence and to be open mm. and to really express ourselves fully. Um, that Good, that creates point. a much authentic experience of yourself and of others, and it's a much lighter way to live. Yeah, that's a really important point. No, I love it, Michelle. And um, I'll stick the book in there. So, guys, it'll be released. When it is again, Michelle? May the... It comes out May 7th. It's May the Silent 7th. Agreements, How cool. to Free Your Relationships of Unspoken Expectations. I'll stick it in the show notes, guys. Check it out. Use the link to support the show. And, Michelle, how can they best reach you? I'm sorry? How can they best reach you? Um, I don't know. A website or... Say? I don't know. Have you got a website they can go to and check it out? Oh, how to reach me. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't quite understand you. Yes. You can reach um, me at at, um, Facebook at Silent Agreement Book. Yep. On Instagram at Silent Agreements. On Twitter, it's (laughs) S-H-H-H underscore agreements and email at silentagreements at gmail.com. There you go, guys. Website is also Silent Agreements. It's nice and easy, isn't it? It's pretty easy, right? Just lots of, look lots up of places to connect. And you'll find us. <laughs> lots of places to connect. Yeah, yeah check it out, guys. Check it all out. Check out the book. And uh, thank Michelle for coming on the show. Michelle, thank you for coming on the show. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Guys, until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life. A life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwide.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the ratings and reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Mundelty. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.